0: what's up what's up you made it back for part two We appreciate y'all for that as promised this is part two of our two-part Ravens 2022 training camp preview in part one we talked about the offense you can go back and check that out if you haven't already here in part two we talk about the defense and specialists we'll switch over to defense uh the best side of the ball everybody knows that uh (laughs) Start with the defensive line. and Man, they got some dudes. <laughs> Justin Matabike, Calais Campbell, Michael Pierce, Brent Urban, Broderick Washington, the draft pick this year, Travis Jones, who I'm excited about. And then some guys who, you know, at different points in their career, Isaiah Matt, we saw him get in some games late towards the end of last season, do a couple of things. And Aaron Crawford, who missed last season with an injury, has showed some things back in 2020. He was one of the guys – in that Pittsburgh game, you know, that COVID game, where basically it was a bunch of practice group, a bunch of practice squad dudes playing in that game because everybody had uh, COVID thanks to a certain strength and conditioning coach who remained remain nameless. Uh, <laughs> and then Rashad Nichols, undrafted free agent, uh, kind of rounds out that group. So, Denard, start with you, man. What do you think about this defensive line group?
1: <sighs> it is an interesting group because there's no true nose on there. You can call Michael Pierce a nose. But who who else on on that line? So that 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 begs the question. Like what what are we trying to put together? And I think that's you'll see that this this preseason in effect of who stays. Um because, you know, I, I I can see scenarios that Michael Pierce and, and Brett Urban are no longer here mm. in a sense of you, you need cast base. And if Isaiah Mack and Aaron Crawford can give you the same thing as Michael Pierce, why are you keeping Michael Pierce?
0: Mm, I smell what you're cooking here.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> I <it's>, – <laughs> there's a lot going on there and i i think there's more pieces in in motion than we realize and that how they're going to line up i there's it's hard to say they're going to line up in a 3-4 when when, you, when you're kind of scant on 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 individuals so it, it, I, i'm i'm excited to see how it plays out and how it all lines up together.
0: I knew where you were going. You were, you was taking a long way, it was kind of you know weaving and going <laughs> out and going over here. And I was like, When well, he just gonna come out and say four three.
2: I'm just waiting <laughs> for
1: him. To say four, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not gonna use the term four three. I will I will adapt and say four man front. Because I think we're going to see a lot more four-man fronts to help out Mr. Queen and Mr. Harrison see things clearly and use their athleticism to the advantage. Because when you have four men up front, that means there's less guys that get up on linebackers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you drafted two fast guys and a and a, and a hammer, let them play. Let them go out and play. So hopefully the D-line will sort itself out, but I'm interested to see how it plays out because Travis Jones and, and Justin Matabike are basically the same guy. Campbell and, and Urban, same guy. And Pierce in Washington, basically, the similar individuals. So, okay, <laughs> let's dance, let's see,
0: let's see how it shakes out. All right, Kevin, yeah, you, I think you're back with us. Uh, Denaro raises some interesting points. Could there be some redundancy on this D line? Do you have? the pieces to run certain looks up front or do you need to kind of maybe move to another type of look up front based on the guys that you got there's a lot of names there and a lot of veteran guys we know about Campbell Pierce and Urban and then a, you know a mix of young guys and Matt a BK Washington and Jones and, and some of the other guys i mentioned what do you what do you see with this defensive line group
2: yeah he makes a good point um you know i, I think top to bottom is probably one of the more talented um defensive lines as they had in a while, but like you said, it's a lot of guys that, you know, kind of basically do the same thing. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, if, if guys can take a jump, you know, some of these young guys, if they can kind of cross train and, and, and prove that they can bring some more things to the table. Um, the the couple of things that really just stand out to me about this group, is a guy like Brent Urban coming in, like, being just a rock-solid uh, backup five technique. Yeah, You know, I, I loved him when he was here, um, you know, the first time. I thought that that year before he left for free agency that he had a really, really quality year. So, uh, nice to have a guy like that on your bench that can come in and give you some quality snaps. Um, you know, then you look at uh, Justin Matabike, you know, what does his ceiling look like? You know, what kind of jump can he make? You know, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be kind of like a ceiling-setting type player. And then you got Travis Jones. I mean, the Ravens missed out on, you know, being able to draft probably the most athletic defensive tackle prospect we've seen, you know, weight adjusted. You know, Howard Roseman, we got to send him an invoice because he really messed up our three-peat. (laughs) you know, with that, with that trade up. But, you know, we're not too mad about that, you know, based off of what we were able to get accomplished in the draft. But looking at Travis Jones, man, I I tweeted about this. He ranked 48th out of one thousand and three hundred three hundred and twenty five defensive tackle prospects in relative athletic score since like 1985 or something like that. So like for them to get like, uh, equally not equally, but close to insane athlete at the defensive tackle position, like 60 picks later or whenever they got him, it, you know, it, it's pretty impressive. So, you know, he's got a, a lot of ability. Um, I'm all about, uh, you know, a system of uh, making sure you can get a guy that um, has a veteran in the room that he can kind of get behind, love Travis Jones linking up with. Um, you know, another long, tall guy like Calais Campbell, show him the ropes, teach him how to, uh, you know, play with proper leverage. So, you know, love that. But, you know, again, that, that's a good point that Denard makes about a lot of these guys doing the same thing. So it's going to be interesting to see how they deploy them. And if some of these guys show that they can do a little bit more than what their the, the scout report kind of says on them right now.
0: I come to you next, Chris, on the D-line group. I mean, you can't ask for a better mentor than Calais Campbell uh, in a defensive line room. Not only is he still making plays, but just a pro's pro. I mean, a guy who's seen it all, done it all, still getting the job done himself. And then Justin Matabike, man. Look, uh, I was watching and re-watching games from last season, and he's like a plane on tarmac, right? He's just waiting for clearance to take off. The run game is there. Dude is a dog in the run game. I didn't realize how nasty he was in the run game until I went back and kind of slowed things down and really paid closer attention to him. I think that next step as a pass rusher is kind of what people are looking for. But, like, he's he's, he's right there. I mean, he's, he's ready to take off and become a name that, that people, you know, start to recognize. So what are your thoughts on this group, Chris?
3: Yeah, I look at it and and I see guys who can really attack the quarterback here. I don't see a lot of, you know, just run pluggers and guys who don't bring that athleticism. I I see a a more athletic defensive line, and I think that's a theme that a lot of people spoke on um, just when it it went to kind of just building this team and building this line. What we've kind of been asking for is a more athletic defensive line, and I think we see that in some of these names, and we see a more attacking style with a lot of these players. Um, it's not just that short little fat dude who could just plug up the middle and just hold his gap and that's it, or stay, uh, you know, hold up the double team. We got guys who can hold up against the double team, but also attack with uh, Michael Pierce and Travis Jones. We have those freak athletes on the field. And that's something that's, you know, that's something to be excited about. Broderick um, Washington, I think he's a guy who, you know, he he doesn't get enough love, but I think he's a dude that hats off to him because it this time last year, I think he was going through that whole situation where he was busting up cars in a parking lot or something like that. And, you know, I, I think if I remember correctly, we were like, you know, he, he might be done around here because we know the Ravens, they have zero tolerance when it comes to that stuff. But, uh, you know, he played well last year. You know, he, he was an important rotational dude. He wasn't a guy getting, you know, six seven sacks but you know you need those important rotational guys who can give you valuable reps and, and be able to stop the run be able to create some pressure on the qb so you know this is an, an exciting group here uh you don't have that you know dominant chris jones type but as a whole i really do like this this group and i think they can work well together when you know you have guys like michael pierce and and brent urban who are familiar with this squad you know it's new coaching staff with Mike McDonald, but just familiar with the culture, familiar with what's expected of, of a Ravens defensive line. So I think it, it'll be important to have those those vets in uh, along with the, the young guys that, that are on this squad too making their way up.
0: No doubt, no doubt. All right, now we come to inside linebacker, a position near and dear to Denard's heart. Uh, we know the names, Patrick Queen, Josh Bynes, Malik Harrison – Maybe some names you don't recognize, Christian Welch, and then uh, a trio of undrafted free agent linebackers, Jacoby McClain out of Auburn, Josh Ross from Michigan, guy who knows this defense, played for Mike McDonald last year in Michigan, and Diego Fogo, right? Don't get crazy. You look at that name, you want to say something else. Don't get crazy. It's Fago. I looked up the pronunciation on Navy's website. <laughs> it is Fago. okay? Keep it clean up in here. Um, but what's interesting to me about this group is how young they are outside of Josh Bynes, who's going into year 12. And it's crazy to think that he's got double the experience of this entire group. I mean, Queen, Harrison, and Welch are all going into year three, but he he's he's got 12 years over these dudes. Um but what do you see for this group? I mean, coming into a new defensive system, new defensive coordinator, what do you see for a guy, particularly Patrick Queen? A lot of eyes on PQ uh, being a first-round pick. What, What do you see in this group? I think you're on mute. You're on mute.
1: I see an opportunity. I see an opportunity that... He's on. He, he. This is his last shot, and I'm talking about Mr. Queen. Is we're we're, we're heading into year three. Um, I know this is really going to be his third defense in three years, in a sense, which is always tough. Now the difference here is this: this defense is going to be a little more basic in terms of what he needs to be doing, and how he needs to accomplish that. Now, the question is, will he accept that type of coaching? Um, We'll see. This is a defense that can be tailor-made for him to make over 100 tackles this year and be untouched on 50 of them because they have a natural Mike, which is Malik Harrison. He's a thumper. He's going to go in there and, and, and... beat up anything and everything and if you have a four man front he is literally a hammer and Queen is cleaning up everything behind it. Um now the question is is are they smart enough to play on a field at the same time? Uh, that's that's it. Do they need to keep binds on the field because they can't get lined up and they can't get the front lined up? Changes the whole dynamic in the defense. You obviously invested in speed. You want speed all over the field. Binds is not it. <laughs> um. Now, I I believe John John Ross has the inside track on that number four spot, even though Christian Wells has been here for three years. There is something to be had something to be said about knowing a defense especially as a middle linebacker because that first week all you're doing is flying in a football so you're gonna you're gonna pique people's interest because you don't have to think about the defense you already know it so can you take that advantage and make it bigger enough that you make that choice between you and Welsh? A no-brainer. And, you know, after that, they'll probably keep the rest of those guys on on the practice squad, maybe one or two. But I think there's a dogfight between Walsh and Ross for that number four. And I think Harrison and Queen need to open the season, open preseason as you're one and two and go from there.
0: Yeah, Ross is a guy I know we watched a couple times when we watched that Michigan defense, and I know he caught your eye. You know, I zacoby Z- Z- McLean from Auburn's a guy who's made a bunch of tackles in the SEC. But we talked about it when we were watching Ross, and then even after after his draft, and they signed their, their UDFA class. Said, Look, when you know the defense, when you can come in <laughs> and you you understand all of the calls, you know the checks, you know the terminology. Yeah, does a, a guy might have a little bit more of an athletic advantage over you, but you can close that gap with how fast you can play. Dramatically. <laughs> because you know what's going on.
1: You, you you know you know how everything's supposed to unfold. So you don't have to think about it. You just play. If there's another guy out of spot, it's easier to identify that guy who's out of his spot than the linebacker who decided, well, I'm going to adjust on the fly and try to make the play. John Ross is going to go play football. The rest of the guys are going to be thinking because they've been told how to think for years. This defense, in the way it's, I feel like it's going to be built, is telling you to be a football player. It's telling you to be the Eric Weddle of the world. Go make a play. You see a check, go make a check. Go make a play. Because I got I got a framework behind you to cover up for you. I hate. I know coaches hate to hear this, but guessing in a sense, but if you know what's coming and you're guessing 85% of the time, right. I'll take that into the playoffs. Then I need you to be solid.
0: <laughs> yeah. As, as you, I, I'll come to you, Carrie, as y'all can tell, we, we, we both like Josh Ross. Uh, there's just something about him. When we were watching Michigan's defense, just, you know, was, was in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, just a heady guy, but uh, but we'll see how it plays out. But, Gary, what, what do you think about this inside linebacker group? I, I do you see kind of the same thing for Patrick Queen kind of this kind of being it, you know? You this, this is the season that you kind of got to show and prove,
2: uh, in a sense, yeah. I mean, we with Queen, we know everything, you know, Mike, you've made this point before, everything that he needs to do, we've seen him do it now. It's about Doing it consistently, um, but I, I'll go back to another conversation that me and you had uh, recently. If, if if we suffer one injury at this position, it could get dicey quick.
0: Super young, super
2: young. So I, I'm I, I'm kind of concerned about that. But one point that may, uh makes as kind of like a counterpoint makes me feel a little bit better about it is. The, the changing of responsibility um, in this defense now, you know, simplifying things more, I think it's going to help the young guys, specifically Harrison uh, Harrison to me, like coming into the, into his draft, he was my favorite player in that class. I'm not saying he was the best player, not even saying he was the best inside linebacker. He was my favorite player in that class. I thought he was super physical. I thought he was instinctive. I thought that even though he wasn't, you know, this guy that was going to fly around the field, I thought he could do enough um, in the, um, uh, as far as a pass defender, uh, you know, to get by. But, you know, his strengths were going to be, you know, run plugging, filling up holes, doing that. And to this point, he just really hasn't had much of an opportunity. And then when he did the opportunity, he didn't really do a lot with it. Um, if you're simplifying this and, you know, putting these guys in zones and, you know, just keeping the wheels from spinning so much, I I think that that's going to help him tremendously. You know, all all of that ability that he got, um, you know, that we saw at Ohio state, it didn't vanish. It didn't go anywhere. It's there, but, you know, can we simplify the roles enough to where, they can leverage what he does best and, you know, just allow him to go in there and just blow stuff up, um, you know, in, in the run game. So, uh, you know, that's what I'm looking at with him. And, you know, like you guys said, with the uh, with Rawls coming out of Michigan, when when you know what you're looking at, you can be a little bit slower, you know, physically. You can be, you know, not as uh, athletically or gifted your instincts your knowledge allows you to play faster that's what we see with Josh Bonds I mean Josh Bonds athletically I mean he he probably doesn't even have a (laughs) any business playing linebacker you know at this (laughs) stage (laughs) athletically I mean it's gonna sound like disrespect but no you know no disrespect to him you know he's just not a fleet of foot guy but he's so knowledgeable of what's going on around him allows him to play faster than he actually is. And you see that with, with um, you know, a, a guy like Ross. And like you said, he, he knows this defense. So he knows what to expect, what to look for. So, uh, you know, I, I totally agree. He's probably, um, you know, odds-on favorite for that, that fourth inside linebacker spot. But at the same time, when I talk about Suffering one injury, I wouldn't be surprised if they're calling LJ Ford every once in a while. Hey, how you feeling? You know, how how's everything going? Uh, you know, you know, checking in with him, monitoring, and seeing where he is health wise. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, at, at some point um, between now and 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 that first game, you know, LJ LJ Fort makes an appearance back on the roster.
0: Hey, just texting him, you know. Hey, stay up. Stay up. Just send him a text every now and then. <laughs> hey, man. What's up? <laughs> Chris, I, I'll come to you now. Now, look, yeah, Carrie and Denar both made some good points. I mean, look, if you were to line Patrick Queen and Josh Bynes up in a 40, you could put your money on Patrick Queen 10 times out of 10. But we see Josh Bynes get to plays on the field that Patrick Queen sometimes struggle to get to because of that experience. He has seen it all. He has seen it all and he knows what's going on out there and he knows how everything is supposed to fit together. Not only where he's supposed to be, but if he goes somewhere, you see him do this with uh, Calais Campbell all the time. Those two guys work off each other. Hey, we can exchange gaps. We do all kinds of crazy stuff because we know if I do this, he's going to cover me here. If I go there, he's going to cover me the other way. They know that because they play so much ball. Um, And then, you know, I think, if you go back to 2020, when Queen and Harrison were rookies and Mike McDonald was their position coach, they didn't even have an offseason, right, because of COVID. They didn't have a normal offseason. And I thought they played about as well as you could expect for rookies coming in who didn't have an off off-season. And I, and I think, you know, it's a credit to them. It's also a credit to Mike McDonald, their position coach. Then Rob Ryan came in here like, I don't know what the hell Rob Ryan did, but them dudes broke in the early part of the season in 2020, he broke them dudes. <laughs> so, so they got Josh Bynes, and I feel almost like Josh Bynes came in and he started becoming the coach in the room, obviously on the field. And I'm thinking maybe in the room, too, when he came in like, hey, Rob, sitting in the back, I got this. Let me talk to the dudes. i get everybody right. Um, so what do you think about this inside linebacker group coming into this year?
3: Yeah, I, I think somebody that, some of the – the reports that we're hearing from players themselves um, about Mike McDonald and just his style of teaching the defense. I think that should help this young linebacker core, you know, tremendously because we, we heard Marlon Humphrey talk about, you know, he's not just telling you, you have to do this. He's giving you the why and why is everyone else doing this on the defense on this particular play? And I think, you know, just like with everything else, they're different learning styles. And some teachers don't mess with some students. And from the looks of it, it seems like Mike McDonald is one of those guys who can be able to teach a defense and also have have them understand what they need to do, but also the why. And I think that'll be important for a guy like like uh, Patrick Queen and also Malik Harrison. Um, it sounds like all of us are, are big fans of his and to this point, his career has been disappointing, you know, various reasons, uh, you know, last year being, you know, play, but then also, you know, unfortunately getting a shot too. So hopefully this year we're able to see some of that Ohio State Malik Harrison, but the team also has to be able to put him in those uh, situations where he's not left out on an Island by himself for going up against a uh, Travis Kelsey you know, that, that's, on, that's on the defensive coaching staff, too, to make sure he's not left out to, to dry like that. Um, so I'm hoping we could get something out of him because so far it's just been, unfortunately, it's been so damn disappointing with Malik Harrison because uh, he was a guy who I thought, you know, he was just going to be the enforcer on this defense. You know, you have Queen, the athletic guy who could fly around all over the place, a heat-seeking missile, and then you got Malik Harrison who's supposed to be know that guy that could just lay the boom down on everybody and be that that enforcer like we saw in a titans game you know which was probably the best game of his career uh we saw what malik harrison could do in that game and i'd like to see more of that and and of course you know you got josh Bynes, who's helped this team out at the linebacker position it seems like going on five years straight almost it feels like he's been helping them out so you know you, you got the the vet who can be the coach on the field and also help these guys along uh, in in the classroom as well. And, and, you know, just be able to line guys up on the field, but, you know, hopefully it goes back to those two guys, Queen and and Harrison, you know, hopefully they can take that next step and and really be the, the, the pieces in the middle of that defense that can, you know, take, take them to the next level. Like we've been hoping when they were drafted.
0: Obviously, being shot is is a very serious thing. Fortunately, you know, he wasn't seriously injured. He was able to actually come back and play. Now, you know, we don't know. We got in the doghouse because he only played special teams after that. He didn't play any defensive snaps. Uh, but fortunately, he's okay because it makes me not feel as bad because now I, every time I think about him, I think about that Joey Porter clip. Right from the locker room, he said, they shot me. In Denver. <laughs> we They <run! laughs> shot me in the ass. In Denver. I can't. I can't help but think of, uh, <laughs> uh, of, of, of Joe J. J Peasy uh, <laughs> when I think about that. All right, let me stay on track because I, I, I get crazy here. All right, outside linebacker, man. This there is some young talented dudes in this group. Uh, we all know about Adafio Way. We saw what he could do coming on last year. You know what? I heard a bunch of people say he ain't had no sacks his last year at college. And just like, man, that was going to be it. Right. Right. This dude off. And then he comes into the league. And then you look at those first couple of games, you know, yeah. Did he have a huge, you know, sack total over the course of the year? No, he had a couple of sacks, but you think about some of those plays, man, that the Raiders game, you know, they didn't pull it out, but he had a pass rush on a stunt where he looped inside kind of late in that game in the fourth quarter on a fourth down. Um, or a third down. Was, they, were, they were down in there tight. And he forced Carr to get the ball off. And I think it went off of, uh Willie Sneed's hands. I'm sorry, Willie. Uh it got tipped up <laughs> for an interception. And the Ravens took over and had a chance to really close that game out. Of course, it didn't work out. We know about the Chiefs game, right? The forced fumble and the recovery to, to get the ball back and, and help the Ravens seal that game. So not only was he getting pressures and getting sacks, he was making games. Denard and I talk about this all the time. Game-changing plays. He wasn't just like running a meal, pressures and sacks. This is get the ball back for the offense and change the game. So uh we we know what Adafi is about uh, going into year two. I'm excited. Tyus Bowser, who's going to start camp on PUP. I don't think anybody is surprised about that considering when he suffered his, in, his injury. I want to say his, it was in the Bengals game, right? The last Bengals game? Or was it before that? It was either
2: second to last or last. I think game. it
0: was
3: I think it might have been the Steelers game. I think okay.
2: yeah, yeah, I think it was the Steelers game.
0: All right, so it was it was not, not that close to the end of the season as I thought. Well, a few games back. Uh Dalen Hayes coming back, Dalen Hayes, who we hear good things about whenever we're at this time of year. When you're in camp phase, I hey no shade on Dalen. I'm just saying we're in the camp phase, we hear good things, and we just want to see him to have continued health. Uh they brought Vince Beagle over from Miami. Um you know, obviously their new outside linebackers coach, uh, man, I'm blanking on his name now. I have to look it up. Uh, but he knows Beagle from Miami, Stephen means a guy, a name Ravens fans might know he's been, he's been around a few, a few times. Uh, I remember Ozzy one time shouting him out specifically about the kind of pass rush Stephen means used to have back in the day. I didn't realize he was playing like real snaps last year for the Falcons. Like he played a lot actually over the last couple of years, uh, David Ajabo, who I think everybody was excited about as a draft pick. You know, unfortunately, he had that injury at his pro day. Uh, so, you know, we don't expect him back until later in the season. But, man, that dude, what he was able to do um, in that Michigan defense, another guy who played in that defense, um, nasty coming off the edge as a pass rusher. And then they got uh, Jeremiah Moon, an undrafted guy, Charles Wiley, an undrafted guy, and uh, Justin Houston, who, you know, they 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 signed back. You know, they did kind of a, a unique thing uh with his 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 uh how they tagged him uh but he's back so you get uh Yoda comes back as a Dafe Owe Oway <laughs> he calls him to, to kind of teach and mentor that outside linebacker group. So uh Denar start with you get your thoughts on this group I mean outside of Bowser's injury and I know Hayes is coming back off an injury too but uh and it, I guess Dafe too because he hurt his shoulder uh and a jabbo oh, damn it's a bunch of dudes injured but there's a lot of talent
1: <laughs> what you think about this group <laughs> I, I think you just said it just now. Like, <laughs> just, just a bunch of injured guys right now. <laughs> Talented guys. Talented injured guys. Um, I mean, obviously, they're coming off of, you know, injuries. And, and every one of these guys that are listed here, I mean, besides the two undrafted guys, I can see making this football team in one, one shape or fashion. I mean... Beagle and Means are are here to probably gobble up some snaps from Bowser and, and Adabo until they get back, but those are special team guys that you're probably going to want to keep at some point. And then, you know, you got Hayes and Bowser and OA and, and Houston and Jabba who are going to be your main five in a rotation. So if you get guys back healthy – the ceiling is 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 high for all of them. I mean, you got every different type of dude on the outside linebacker. Like if if you want to put away in a, in his hand in the dirt and put Houston on the other side of the hand in the dirt, you you got a fierce pass rust and you got a jabo in Oway. I mean, you've you got different guys for different schemes to to slant to to do any type of bird stunts like any and everything T stunts like the question is can everybody be healthy and then everybody step up to their talent level and, and that's that's what we want to see let it roll let's ride <laughs> let's ride
0: <laughs> like Russ said, let's, let's ride, ride. let's <laughs> figure it out you, I come to you, Carrie. Man, it's 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 health, right? But with this group, it's health because the talent is all there,
2: right? Yeah, that's what it boils down to. I mean, when I looked at the group,
1: oh, do we lose Kerry? <laughs> <laughs> it, It's Carrie <Kerry> biting him out?
0: <laughs> might have, we might have lost him in mid thought. He's getting ready to drop the knowledge. <laughs> He might he might jump out and come back in. Let's see. Let's see if he dip out and dip back in. Yeah, I think he's gonna dip out and dip back in. All right, Chris. I'm gonna go to you while Kerry try to get back in. What would what, what you think about this group, man?
3: It's an exciting group, but you got to temper that that excitement. Cause like you guys said, man, they a lot of them are banged up. Uh, you know, we got tires coming off of the, the Achilles injury. And uh, you know, he's been posting stuff about him doing, you know, ladder drills and stuff, and that, that's all nice. But uh, ladder drills and playing football, you know, two completely different things. So Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully he could come back. Uh, Then you got Ojabo, who, you know, one of the saddest videos you'll see is just of how much of a of a butcher shop football is when, you know, his his Achilles snaps and they just want to shuffle him off and be like, "All right, come on, next guy, go." You know, at at the pro yeah, move the drill, come on. And, uh, you, know, you know, so that was sad to see. But, hey, you know, for the Ravens to land David Ojabo, that was just, you know, a, an amazing thing because he was a guy who was getting some buzz in the top 15, top 10, depending on who you, who you listen to. So, you know, he's one of those young cats who has all of the physical tools uh, in his arsenal. And, you know, we talk about Mike McDonald and he was a guy who was able to. Tap into that that athleticism and and show that that willingness in order to to let Ojabo just rush the passer without even thinking really, and and that's something that we see so many defensive coordinators have that ego where it's like you cannot do this, you cannot do that, but with with Mike McDonald he was like, look guys, I'm trusting you to go hunt. You know if David Ojabo wants to do a fake outside spin and spin on the inside, go ahead, go. Go try it out. You may get put on your ass, but we're going to live with that because I know that you're going to come back later on in the game and you'll get a sack for us. So for a defensive coordinator to have that trust and for David Ajabo to take that and take those lumps early on because he was getting his ass kicked early on in the season. And he battled back and he was able to finish the season and he looked like a completely different player towards the end of the year. So... Just to have that potential on the, the on the, the roster, that is is something that's really exciting. And we haven't even gotten into Dalen Hayes, who's a guy who's consistently getting that buzz as oh, this dude another day of practice, he's one of the best players on the field, and we didn't get a chance to see him. And I know for a fact he's a guy that we spoke about uh, after after the draft for our, for our preview, where we talked about Daylin Hayes, and we talked about him being more refined as a pass rusher than always was. And if we're able to have him and he's able to tap into that, that potential that he has and, you know, not have his, his season cut short, like he did his rookie season. But uh, he's a guy who the sky is the limit for him. If all of these reports are true, because they're coming from multiple people that, you know, this dude is balling in practices and, you know, in these mini camp drills. So uh hopefully we could see see what Dalen Hayes has and, and he'll be able to lighten the load for a lot of these dudes coming back from injury and, and provide some meaningful snaps.
0: Yeah, it's a good opportunity for him, right? With Bowser being out. There's an opportunity there for him to to compete for some snaps and, and show, like you say, with that 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 potential, that talent that we felt like was there. Carrie, I'll come back to you because you was getting ready to drop that knowledge packer uh, <laughs> <laughs> group.
2: Go ahead, man. What were you gonna tell us? Yeah, so, uh, again, man, the, the juice at this position, I'm trying to think of the last time I, I we've had, you know, this much at this young level, and I, I really can't think of another time where we've had, you know, this kind of potential at like that position. Um, you know, specifically Owe, he's a guy that, you know, I, I can't wait to see what his kind of developmental plan was, you know, in the off season because, you know, if he put some things together technically – and you start to see some kind of technique wins from him, he's a guy that can jump into that double-digit sack uh, territory as early as this year. You know, in my opinion, he has that kind of ability. So, uh, you know, looking forward to, to seeing him, looking forward to seeing all these young guys. Um, also, too, I'm not sure if it was mentioned, but, um, you know, one, uh, uh, send a special shout-out to uh, uh, Jalen Ferguson's family um, you know, still thinking about him, you know, it's, it sucks, you know, looking at this, this roster layout and not seeing him on there. So, you know, just, you know, prayers and well wishes to his family.
0: Absolutely, man. That's an important point um, to, to, to mention because when I was putting this together, you know, I had a roster from uh, I went to one of their OTA practices with another friend of ours. Uh, and so Jalen was still with us at that time. So, it was hard man putting this thing together and realizing like man this this young brother is gone and uh, the family young family he's leaving behind so you know rest in peace man rest in power I mean people people want to bring in the negativity and, and, and make judgments about you know a young person miss miss me with all of that uh, I ain't trying to hear none of that um, I just sad that this dude is gone man and that his family and his young children have to grow up without their father that's that's all I care about so um prayers out to his 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 wife or or significant other and his his children, man. And uh, just hope that everybody puts their arms around him, you know, from a family and friends perspective, and, uh, you know, just help, you know, fill that role as best they can. Um, They never can be what he was, but, you know, it's a a tragic thing. And, you know, it reminds me of, um, what was it, Travis Walker, right? Back in the day, Um, you know, when he was killed untimely. So you hate to see it, man. You hate to see these kinds of things. And, um, Sad, man. I still just thinking about it. It's like, damn, damn. And then everything just moves on, man. That's what's so crazy about this yeah. whole thing. Everything just carries on and moves on. But some people probably listening to this podcast are like, when are you going to move this damn podcast on? All right, so we're going to hit these last <laughs> two groups right now. <laughs> and we're going to finish up. Uh, we'll go to cornerback. Uh, and, again, we know the names. Uh, another guy in this group who's going to start out on Pup, Marcus Peters, Juice Man. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've been promising things about his, his recovery. Marlon not starting the season on pop. He was out there OTA in mini camp, so he, he seems to be, um, you know, full go for camp. Kyle Fuller, who they signed from the Broncos. Brandon Stevens, as uh, Denard knows, our guy, quote, unquote, our guy, uh,
2: Brandon Stevens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kayvon Seymour, Robert Jackson, a uh, couple couple young guys they drafted this year who I'm excited about, Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams, Damari and Pepe Williams. And then a Denzel Williams, not to be confused with Pepe, and then David Vereen rounds out that group. So Denard, man, cornerback group looking strong, looking good as usual, um, almost like the discussion with left tackle, right? Some Somewhat hinges on, on Marcus Peters and him coming back healthy because he's another one of those guys where, well, will Marcus give up some plays here and there? Sure, but Marcus gets the ball, right? Yeah. I learned from listening to Asante Samuel. On the I Am Athlete podcast recently. I get the ball. You I'll get be in the, the locker ball. Room. I'll be in the locker room gambling and doing everything else I want to do all day, not giving a it. Man, Sante Samuel said he ain't watch film, he didn't lose weights. <laughs> he said I was <laughs> the last one in and the first one out. But <laughs> I get the ball. he's got fifty picks. I think it I think it's fifty, might be fifty one, to, to show for it. So anyway, he <laughs> set that rant aside. Denar, what do you think about this cornerback room?
1: So very, very good group, um, you know, with Peters coming back. here, Here's, here's my – I got two things on this group. When you're trying to make the t- transition from being 80% man coverage to a more balanced approach, maybe leaning a little more zone-wise, there's going to be a little transition period with the corners here. And some people are going to be like, what's wrong with Marlon Humphrey? Why? Nothing's wrong. It's a transition period. He'll be fine. He's not the best zone corner in the world. But he's physical in a run game, which will help him get acclimated in this whole deal. Marcus Peters is the X Factor. This man was built for zone. This man loves zone. This man will look at a quarterback, a stare at a quarterback, every day and twice on Sunday if he could. So having a Marcus Williams behind him will free this man up to do dangerous things. But I think the key to this whole thing is Brandon Stevens. Okay. He, he is uh, sure. <laughs> He he, he is going to be the Jimmy Smith of this group because he can play all the roles. He can play corner. He can play outside. He can play inside. He can play a little safety. He can do this. Who can do that. He's the guy who's going to allow all these other guys to do what they do best because they don't have to worry about learning this role, that role. They can learn corner. I know what I'm doing at corner. I know I'm I'm a three-corner this. I'm going to do a four-high corner. I can do all this. Brandon Stevens will be the guy who has to learn all his other stuff. So I think he's important because he's going to be able to fill in for guys who are going to get hurt throughout the season and still make it work very well. And then the rookies can work in. I honestly think one one of those rookies will be starting – probably by the end of the next by the beginning of the next year but don't i I wouldn't put him past him one of those guys starting above Peters at some point in this year if he doesn't come back healthy enough from his knee injury
0: oh I feel another bet coming on for those who don't know for the listeners of the Fire Zone, you know, if you watch and listen to the Fire Zone show, you may know. The whole our guy thing with Brandon Stevens was we had a little friendly <laughs> wager last year. Uh, I thought that Deshaun Elliott was gonna have a breakout season and was gonna ball. And Denard thought that Brandon Stevens was gonna take his job uh <laughs> at half the point in the season. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw what happened. We saw what happened. Brandon Stevens like take his job. Now look, he was injured. We talked about injury, injury kind of kinda called off the bet, but um you know, we both like Brandon Stevens coming out of SMU. I think the first SMU game that I watched with Denar, he's like, "Oh yeah, this guy
1: can play." This
0: is all the he's, one.
1: Time. <laughs> he's like, "This guy can play." He's uh, still he's still the second most athletic dude in the secondary. Like besides besides Marcus Williams. Okay.
0: Oh, you gonna go away? Okay.
1: I gotta see more of Kyle Hamilton. Like he might be in the mix of that, but right now, it's those two cats. Okay. And my choice is Pep is Pepe Williams. That he he got a lot of dog in him. Yeah. He got he got way too much dog in him to be sitting on the bench long. <laughs> <at home. laughs> he got a lot of like young Peters in him too. Like I'll come talk smack. You might burn me once or twice but I'm going to get you eventually. <laughs> I'm going to set you up all day. I don't see how how Patrick
0: doesn't find his way to some playing time. Kerry, I'll come to you next, this cornerback group. And I guess I should have mentioned that about Brandon Stevens. He, I could have mentioned him either way, cornerback or safety, you know, in either group because he's played both and can play both. Uh, but what do you think about this group, Kerry?
2: Yeah, it's a deep, you know, interesting group. Uh, Kyle Fuller is one where – I like that signing because he, he can play inside. And he has experience outside as well. Um, you know, we saw what kind of dire streaks we were in at corner last year. So, you know, having a guy that, that gives you that inside outside versatility is super important. Um, you know, Denard made a great point on, on Brandon Stevens. He, he's going to be asked to do what they um, asked Jimmy to do. And, you know, looking at last year, um, Uh, that Raiders game specifically, they they stuck Jimmy on Waller and it didn't go well. (laughs) But I think Brandon Stevens is a guy that can kind of take that, take that torch and roll with it. And he can be a guy that can be that matchup guy when, you know, you got a guy like Waller or somebody like that, where, you, you know, you just need to be able to have someone with enough length, but also enough athleticism to match up with guys. So love that. And again, Marcus Peters and his defense, the amount of balls he's going to get his hands on is going to be, you know, I I, I could easily see him leading the league in picks this year. Uh, you know, j- j- the opportunity is going to be massive. So, um, you know, really deep talented group. I'm interested to see what you guys think. It was a little bit of like buzz towards maybe Marlon playing um, in the slot, like maybe the Ravens like him best in the slot. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, and it doesn't seem like I've heard a lot of buzz about that since. I'm curious to see what you guys think about that, you know, especially if they're going to be playing a lot more zone.
0: Well, Chris, I'll start you with that. I already know Denard's answer, and, and I'll let him answer, but I'll start you with that question, and then you can speak on the rest of the cornerback group. Where, where do you see Marlins' best fit? Just just to you. I mean, like Kerry said, I think we've heard some reports out of the, the facility that some there think slot might be Marlins' best fit. But what do you think?
3: Um, I, I think it's case by case. I think if you got a, a bigger wide receiver, then, yeah, you can put him in the slot. But if you got a title locket there, title locket's going to eat him up all day. So I, I think it's a case by case. I think if, if maybe you have, like, a, a bigger dude like a Cooper Cup. I would say, with someone like that, you could get away with it. But to have him there full time, like he was in years past, uh, I'd rather just stick him out on the outside if, if that's the case. <laughs> but um, I just looking at this roster, you know, they brought in Kyle Fuller, who's primarily a slot guy. They got Brandon Stevens, who they said is going to be a slot guy. And, and we know just because they say slot guy, that doesn't mean he'll just be you know, relegated to the slide. We know that they're going to move him around, like Denar said. Um, but I, I think they're gearing up to have Marlon on the outside here when you just look at the guys that they brought in and the, well, the veteran guys that they have on the roster. And and then you look at the rookies that they have. I think Marlon's going to be on the outside. But it's it's a, a, an interesting group. Um, like you said on top, Mike, with uh, Marcus Peters, you know, a, a lot hinges on him because – if he's not ready to go, then that puts a lot on Brandon Stevens' plate or, or Kyle Fuller. And you know, I, I like Brandon Stevens, I like Kyle Fuller, but to try them out there, you know, when you're going up against the Bengals and rely on him to rely on one of those two dudes to be the number two guy to, sh- to try to shut down a, a T. Higgins or a Jamar Jamar Chase, so you know, that that's a tough ask for those guys. You know, they're certainly not Marcus Peters. So for him to, to come in and, and be healthy and be that guy that, you know, that impact guy that, that we've seen throughout his career, no matter where he's been, that's going to be huge. But then you have the the, the other guys, the depth pieces. You know, when you look at the rookies, uh, Jalen Armar Davis and, and Pepe Williams, you know, the, those are two dudes. Jalen Armar Davis, he possibly could have played himself into being a, a first-round pick if he would have went back to Alabama this year. So he's a guy who has all the potential in the world, and and Pepe Williams. I mean, you just. I mean, he was he was in the Ravens facility for like ten minutes, and they were like, "Look, we got to get this dude on mic'd up because he's just he's too damn much." <laughs> so uh, he's a guy that you know already a fan favorite and, and a guy to be to be excited about, it. and he kind of brings that versatility that that Brandon Stevens has too, because you know down in Houston you saw him line up you know in multiple spots. You saw him line up on the outside. You saw him line up in the slot. You saw him take some snaps at safety. And, uh, you know, the Ravens, that's how you endear yourself. You know, the the more you can do. And he's a guy that I'm excited to see. It's not about when he'll find his way on onto the field. I'm just excited to see how it's going to be because he can impact it in so many different ways. So many different ways. So I'm excited about this, this group as a whole.
0: You make a great point about Peters. I think all three of you guys touched on it, man. That, that, that look, there, there's levels to this, right? So I'm not going to compare Kyle Fuller and Brandon Stevens to, not my words, but what Wink called Wawa corners uh, that they had out there last year. <laughs> DoorDash, not Wawa. DoorDash, DoorDash. Corners. I call them nonsense. You wouldn't have
1: to worry about your DoorDash.
0: <laughs> DoorDash corners, but you know it will be bombs over Baghdad. When you got backup cornerbacks out there against against Jamar Chase and T Higgins. We saw it. We saw T Higgins go up and catch a ball over two dudes, right? It didn't matter. He was double teamed. Guess where you can't double team me? Seven feet in the air. you Y'all can't no. go up there. So <laughs> so I'm going up there. Uh, so we know how important it is to have your top guys out there. No, like I said, no shade to these guys. These guys are quality players in their own rights. Kyle Fuller's been, you know, a veteran in this league. Um, so no shade to him either. And I think Brandon Stevens. As a young guy playing last year, he got to learn some things. You know, he took the bumps that a, a young guy is going to take, and particularly, you know, as safety, um, as a tackler. Look, today's <laughs> today's angles are not, yesterday's angles are not today's angles, right? The angles you were taking in college to tackle guys that ain't gonna get it done And then <laughs> These dudes are way faster, and I think that he learned that. So um, they got a good group. They got a good group, but yeah, having the juice man out there, you know, takes it to another level. All right, so we'll we'll finish up here with safeties. I mean, we might say a little bit about about punter at the end, just because it, it's the first time in what fifteen years or sixteen years they've had a new punter. Uh, but let's 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 start with the safeties. Uh, Denar, you already mentioned Marcus Williams, big free agent uh, signing who came over. Chuck Clark still here. A lot of people trying to run Chuck Clark out the door. <laughs> Chuck ain't done nothing but what he always does: be a professional, show up, do his job. Uh, you know. And, <laughs> is to run the defense, you know, from, from a signal caller standpoint. Um, first round put Kyle Hamilton, everybody very excited about the potential there. TJ, Tony Jefferson back. Uh, and then Geno stone and Ardarius Darius Washington, the last guy who, who started to camp out on pup. He had a foot uh, issue that he's dealing with um, pretty solid safety group. What are your thoughts on them, him? Denon?
1: Um, very solid, very versatile, different types of dudes who can play different types of styles. Um, I'm excited to see this may be the most solid and probably the most consistent group that'll be on the field this year. I hope. Because they've they got the bodies, they've got people here who understand defense. I mean, bringing back Tony Jefferson is probably the most underrated thing the Ravens did last year. And this is going to help this team defensively. He's better suited for this style of defense. So I think we may see what we thought we were getting from TJ a few years ago. Cause he'll be more active around a lot of scrimmage and making plays. I think Kyle Hamilton will have a chance to grow into these roles that he's going to be asked to do later in the season. And Having Chuck Clark and, and Marcus Williams is no 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 disrespect to those guys. They're gonna be balling out too. So question is how do you use them all? How do you use them and be most effective without messing up chemistry in the defensive backfield? That's gonna be the toughest thing because you got a lot of different guys who can do a lot of different different things. But in this defense, you don't need a lot of different things. You need consistency. You need playmakers. So, who's going to be making turnovers? Those are the guys I want on the field. I don't need guys just breaking up plays because you can see the defense as a totality making a making a change to fit their offense instead of trying to be just as aggressive as their defense, I mean, as their offense, the defense is being built as not being opportunistic, but being more solid, which will create more opportunities to be opportunistic. I think that's most important. I think that starts with the secondary. Like I
0: said, we've learned nothing from Asante Samuel. Get the ball. Get the ball. Get the ball.
2: (laughs) Get the ball now. Get
0: the ball. (laughs) Okay, Kerry, <laughs> I will come to you on this safety group. Uh, Denara said it, a lot of versatility in this group, guys who can do different things, uh, a lot to be excited about, right? Uh, what are your thoughts on this group?
2: Yeah, man, this is, this is going to be the spot that I already know is going to break my heart because it, <laughs> you're not going to be able to keep all six of them, I don't think. And, like, all six of these guys are, are talented, talented guys, um, and like, it's, it's crazy how much more range this group has from last year to this year. Like it's like night and day, the, the amount of range that they, they have now. And then, you know, you add a Kyle Hamilton to that. And I, I kind of think back to like right around the time they drafted them. And, uh, in one of our group chats, somebody asked, well, where do you play Kyle Hamilton? And Mike had a perfect answer. He was like, where don't you play him? Like, you can play him every, literally everywhere, and he looks comfortable everywhere. And, you know, Denard makes the point, um, because of the depth you have here, you can bring him along. You don't have to, like, force him into a role or, you know, pigeonhole him into something. You can bring him along at the proper pace. So... Just a deep, deep talented group, man. And again, man, I'm gonna be pouring one out for either our Darius Washington or Geno Stone. Either way, I'm gonna be heartbroken. But you know, hopefully, we get at least at least five. You know, healthy.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help our Darius' case that he's starting out on pup. I mean, not his fault. His injury, nothing he can do about it. But man, he already starting out. Eight
1: leave leave him on there eight weeks. See where he is. What you need eight weeks later.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it it Kyle Hamilton, Before I come to you, Chris, Kyle Hampton. The thing that I like about that, and Denar, both you, you and Kerry, touched on it being able to kind of bring him along a little more gradually. You know, hopefully, you know, there's no other injuries in the group. You're always, you know, you know, that that's always a possibility. But it reminds me of a different group, but still DB. It was a corner, but it reminds me of when they drafted Marlon Humphrey, right? Marlon didn't have to start right away. They still had Jimmy. They still had Brandy Carr. I don't know if Webb was still here in 2016. He might have
3: been. I
1: don't remember. But they definitely – I, think, I think he was the slot at that point.
0: So they were able to bring Marlon in gradually throughout that season, right? And he kind of snapped incre- – you know, his snap loads started to increase throughout the season. And I kind of look at that kind of situation for Kyle Hamilton just in the safety group. You got enough veteran guys there. where You can kind of bring him along a little bit more gradually. Uh, and, and build up his his experience and confidence and knowledge, you know, as he continues to learn the defense and learn, um, you know, the different parts of it. You you don't have to just slam it all all on him you know, all at once. Uh, but but Chris, I know this is this is tough for us too because everybody who's a deep cover listener knows this is a pro Geno Stone uh, <laughs> situation. Uh, what what do you think about this group, man?
3: Uh, it's certainly an exciting group. I mean, you know, when you look at Marcus Williams, I mean. I don't think if you would have asked us a few months ago if they would have got Marcus Williams, we would have been like, no. No, they they don't do that. And here we are, you know, with a playmaker, you know, something that they've been looking for for years, and they finally got him. (coughs) So, and then you look at Kyle Hamilton. If you would have asked us a couple months ago, hey, do you think the Ravens are going to get Kyle Hamilton? I don't know. No way to be gone. And look, he's on the Ravens roster. And, you know, now they have, you know, this turmoil with Chuck Clark. And, you know, it's understandable from his point of view. You know, I, I get it. It's, <clears throat> they essentially, you know, drafted the guy who is 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 going to be curtains for Chuck Clark, whether it's this year or next year. You know, he's not going to be a Raven in 2023 like unless something catastrophic happens just like we talked about with with uh justice hill you know it's a business at the end of the day and they're they're gonna have kyle hamilton there they're not gonna pay chuck clark you know that's just how it goes but for 2022 if they're able to keep him on the the team he's gonna be extremely valuable to have with these two uh when you talk about Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton to be able to bring those guys along in the classroom, is something that we spoke about earlier. That's so, so valuable for him for, for the team to be able to bring these guys on and and just help them out. Because we know when they brought in Earl Thomas, he looked at, at the Ravens, like, why do they have me here for this dude knows the damn offense, you know, like the back of his hand and Chuck Clark, you know, by all reports, he's, been that same way you know professional dude uh helping Kyle Hamilton out and and just being able to bring knowledge and and little little tips to help these guys out and and bring them along through this learning process so um just having having those three guys and having them being able to just have these different roles on the field it's going to be huge and and I think we're going to see it pay dividends early and often uh in the season.
0: I respect it. I respect the hell out of Chuck with the way that this whole thing has, has, has shaped out or is shaking out. Yeah, it's the business part of it, but he has still shown up, conducted himself like a pro. He could show up late to meetings because he got to get his car washed. He could be out there with a purple light on. He's not doing that. He's not doing that because he is a pro. Okay, He's a pro's pro. He's going to handle business the way business is supposed to be done. And then, you know, you let the, the contract stuff, you know, work out however it works out. But like you said, for this year, I'm hoping, I mean, obviously you never know, right, it, it, the shoe could drop at any, at any point <laughs> It was how the NFL goes. But I'm hoping that he's here for 2022 because I, I think he just makes this room better. I think it makes the team better. It makes the defense better um uh, i hope chuck is around for at least another year maybe longer you, know, you never know how things work out all right so we'll wrap up here with the specialists and again we're only going to really primarily talk about one person here i mean justin tucker is the goat everybody knows that uh long snapper is nick moore nobody talks about long snappers uh so we're going to go to the punter <laughs> jordan's out right only because a lot of people don't talk about punters either but only because sam cook who's been here forever right doing doing the thing you know one of the best punters in the league Bill Belichick said the best holder in the history of the game. <laughs> so uh, now you've got a rookie punter coming in, really good late. I'm not really concerned about him punting the ball per se. You know, it could be some some rough spots here or there. It's going to be his first, his first time punting in the league. Uh, but that holding thing is 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 low-key important, man. Holding for, for field goals and extra points, that is low-key important. So we'll just go quick around the room, uh, starting with you, Denar. What do you think about new punter? And new holder, Jordan Stout.
1: There was a clip with Sam Cook talking to Jordan. I think it was a couple weeks ago during mini camp. And I learned so much from a minute clip on holding and how to place the ball and how it has to be such a one body movement. So that kicks don't get blocked or the kicker is disheveled at the, t- at the point of, of, of contact. So obviously the Ravens would not have drafted him if they don't feel like he can do the things that they, they expect him to do. They understand there's going to be grow, growing pains and things are going to come up and things are going to happen, which is probably why Sam Cook is still on the staff. Just in case, (laughs) this dude dude just just disappears after six weeks. Um, But I I think they're doing it right. I think they're giving the kid the best chance possible. And this is just them trying to stay above the curve in the sense of changing out these specialists before it's too late. And we're going to be having this conversation with Tucker and probably two, maybe three years? Hey,
0: Father time is undefeated.
1: Yeah.
0: Father time is undefeated. Look, I know Cook officially retired, but like you said, if things go south, is that, that, that 11 jersey might look a little different. You see that number 11 jersey, think is Jordan Stout. be like, man, that's a little different shape than I'm used to seeing. <laughs> <laughs> that number 11.
1: Hey, and, and the way COVID has, has resurged, you just – it's just nice to have a dude who can hold and kick, just in case.
0: <laughs> hey, as old as Sam is, Sam might actually have a fax machine and he can do a Jordan <laughs> style, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, Kerry, I, I'll come to you. What What are your thoughts? On that? Look, you can you can talk about either one of the any of the specialists if you want. I'm not gonna say you can't uh, talk about any of the guys, but I just focused on Jordan Style just because he's a new guy and it's it's a pretty big change the Ravens have had. Consistency at that punting position for so long, uh, I just felt it was is worth you know a little bit of discussion about him.
2: Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that that um, kind of shakes out. You know, like you guys said, you know, kind of getting out in front of it and and making a change before Father Time you know, makes that change for you. Because you know, like the saying goes, Father Time is undefeated, but Father Time be fighting like an MMA fighter when it's time to go. his first round knockout. (laughs) So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, you know, obviously um, Jordan Stout is, you know, talented athletic uh, punter, but, you know, hopefully he's up to to task with everything and holding and all that stuff because, you know, it's vitally important. And I saw that same clip. Denard saw uh, just the the little small details, the, you know, making sure you're not wasting any, any kind of movement at all. And you know, breaking, you know, talking to him about kind of breaking some of the habits he had uh, in college. So it's just interesting to to, to get that glimpse at, into special teams in that way. I thought was uh, was pretty cool to see. Uh, but other than that, you know, you know, Justin Tucker is who he is, and you know, it, with Nick Moore, we haven't had any issues long snapping. That's an incredibly difficult thing to do. You know, a lot of people will make jokes about long snappers and this and that well it's a reason those guys when you're good at it they can they play forever because that's a hard hard job to do so you know when teams find a guy that can do it they hold on to him for dear life
0: yeah it's like the best thing that you can say about a long snapper it's like i don't know who the long snapper is that's the best thing you can say if you know the long snapper's name something something bad probably happened
1: right (laughs) real bad real real bad so
0: I, I'll come to you, Chris, man. And, and it's like Mike T said the same thing about the time. He's like, hey, that clock runs out for everybody. We don't necessarily know when it's going to run out, but when it's up, you know. It. <laughs> and so sometimes if you hang on a little bit too long, uh, like Carrie said, it can it can hit you like Mike Tyson punch out. Be a batter there. <laughs> uh, so what, what do you think about Jordan Stout and, and anything else about the, the other two specials?
3: uh jordan style uh man he better be good because they took him over my man calvin austin you Oops. know how i feel about calvin austin so yeah. um he better be good but hey <laughs> when it comes to special teams i cannot question this team at all so <laughs> hey if, if he's the next sam cook in their eyes shoot i'll take it um, i cannot question their decision making when it comes to that because uh the fact that they took him over the other dude the punk guy dude the uh, uh,
0: matter Matt reason
3: yeah that dude um the fact that they took him over that dude and they felt that he was that jordan stout was that good to actually have guys that were you know on their board and 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 for them to jump up and be like no we cannot risk not getting jordan stout you know that that says a hell of a lot of what they thought about him so um if they like him hey i like him so hopefully jordan stout he's he's listening to everything sam cook is, is teaching him because there, there's not a, a better guy out there who could teach him how to how to you know do the tricks of the trade when it comes to being a, a punter a holder a qb3 you know that sam cook is, is as good as they come so hopefully he's able to you know make the make the ravens be right and and they they have their next punter for the next 15 years.
0: Yeah, hey, wouldn't that be a transition? Go from one dude who was, you know, the GOAT to another dude who could become a goat as a punter. <laughs> you know, that would be an amazing transition. But there it is. There you have it. Your full uh training camp preview, offensive, defense, and special teams. Went through all the positions. Now, of course, we didn't get into like all the different special teams positions, but you know what I'm saying. We talked about the players. Um, so training camp coming up. Hey, uh, I'm gonna try to get out there at least one day. I think I got one parking pass before they were all gone in like three minutes. Uh so I think I'm gonna be out there on the 15th. And if you watch the show and you see me and you recognize me, you know, you recognize me out there, come out at your boy. You know, come say what's up, you know, chop it up a little bit. Try not to uh to you know have a heat stroke while we're out there. Um <laughs> but let's get some uh go around one last time, some closing thoughts as we get ready to to open this training camp. Um Anything that's on your mind, this is it. What do you got, uh, Denar? Anything as we get ready to go into this training camp and close out this episode?
1: I'm I'm interested to see how all those strong words at the end of the season by this defense, namely Chuck Clark Mm -hmm. and Marlon Humphrey, talking a lot, said, hey, bad things happen this season, but how you respond so is who you are, so gentlemen. I request, I request that you live up to your words of last season and respond early and often. Because if you don't, that that head coach might might that seat might get real warm real quick. Mm. I don't think they're gonna wait this time around, especially with Lamar on a on on a contract. The two go hand in hand, gentlemen.
0: Hey, you stirring up all kind of stuff, man.
1: You, you trying to close out? <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. I play, I, I play football. I, I play football, and and in college. And when when a new quarterback or new head coach comes in and there's an incumbent and he ain't playing too well and this guy look like he can play better than this guy, guess what? <laughs> we gonna play this guy. We gonna play the guy that we think can play better than you. And that goes to the same thing as the head coach. Just saying. Eventually, eventually, by the time,
0: wins yeah well you know a uh, real talk i mean it's it, it's a it's a valid point because look you can point to the injuries last year and i think everybody's willing to extend that to to him and, and say hey man i mean you got devastated with injuries last year but if all these guys come back healthy this year and, and can keep back can get back to form and the team doesn't perform although we expect they will but if they don't i hear what you're saying so he can get warm Ain't no question. But like I, I say think. we, we trying to put these kids to sleep.
1: You rile and everything. <laughs> hey. I don't think he gets the same leeway he got in 2012. When he got to fire offensive coordinator and save his life. Just saying.
0: Got, got rid of anyway. Uh <laughs> I, that's another, that's a whole other conversation. I got mean, a buddy of mine saying he fired the wrong coordinator, but anyway, uh, we, won't, we won't go down that road.
2: Um Any closing thoughts from you, man? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking directly at that offensive line. Um, you know, we know some of the other kind of problem spots, areas where things are going to have to kind of come along slowly, may have to wait for a player or two to declare themselves at different spots. But I'm looking at that offensive line. If that offensive line is back to 2019 levels where they're keeping a clean pocket for Lamar and they're able to move things in a running game, I'm good. You give me that, I'm good. Because anything else that they need to kind of shore up, they can do it in time. But if that offensive line is clicking, that means they can run the football effectively. And I'm confident uh, in – uh, what McDonald is doing uh, on the defensive uh, end and some of the talent they have at that position. And, again, things will have to kind of ratchet up there, too, as people kind of get used to the system. But to me, man, it, it goes straight to the offensive line first.
0: No question. I mean, even – look, we've seen it in 2019 when, you know, he Lamar probably had the best offensive line that he's had thus far. We saw what they were able to do, history. Historic. Even 2020, you know, when they lost, you know, Ronnie after a few games, shuffled the deck around, still able to win some games and get into the playoffs. And even last year with everything that they had to start the season, eight and three after week 12, you think about that. People forget people, oh, you know, look at how it ended that da, day. Da. Hey, look, that's all fair, but eight and three with what was going on, on that offensive line last year until it just like really just, you know, since the bottom just fell out the joint. Uh,
2: fell apart.
0: Give him, yeah, give, give him consistent protection. And this guy wins games. That's what Lamar does. I mean, it's that simple. He wins games. That's it. You can talk about numbers. You can talk about stats. Passing, da-da-da-da. All of that. He wins games. That's what he does. So, Chris, turn it over to you. The final thoughts of the final thoughts.
3: <laughs> Man, my thing is just health get into the regular season healthy. Like after last last year, I just want these dudes to be healthy. Like get there <coughs> be healthy. I'm going to be scared to take naps when whenever they have practice because last year I took a damn nap and I woke up to Gus Edwards and Marcus mm-hmm. Peters injuries. So I will not be napping on practice days. I will be up and looking at the at Twitter frequently to make sure everybody made it through healthy because I Ride do not want to wait. I don't want to wake up to that kind of pain again.
2: Wow. The candles. <laughs> the know,
3: exactly. Candles will be lit all through the house. So just, just hey, be healthy, man. We're a few weeks away. Just everybody stay healthy.
0: Hey, you made an excellent, excellent point. Uh Since we're getting ready to go into this phase with, you know, camp and, and preseason games, I don't need to see Lamar in a preseason game. Don't need to see, no. Don't need to see it. I don't need to see him out there. I'm good. I don't need to see him out there. Yep. I can probably, I can probably list off a bunch of dudes I don't need to see out there (laughs) in preseason
3: games. Don't need to see him.
1: I don't need to see him. Yep.
3: Don't don't want to see him. That streak will be coming to an end. That win streak, because I think Hardball scared straight now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You you can hear him. You can hear him in that Washington game. He was shook when CoCat had to go talk to him. I don't know. It might have been Lamar. I don't know who else was over there.
1: That was it, cool, yeah.
0: it was broken. He was like, I I was just trying. I, I just thought I could get a look. He <laughs> <It> was <laughs> broken. And it was like, coach, could have happened in practice. It could have happened anywhere. I know, but I just, I just thought, okay, learn from that. Learn from that. If you, if you thought it, learn from that. And just realize that, hey, everything that we need to get done with, veteran type guys, even younger veteran type guys, we can do that in practice. We'll need to put these guys in these preseason games. We'll oh. to see them out there. But the younger guys, the true young guys, right? Rookies, undrafted guys, I don't care if you go 0-4 in the preseason or 0-3, however many games they're playing now. Don't care. <laughs> don't need to see any of those dudes out there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but hey, if you've tapped in with us for both of these previews, because they're 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 going to be split up. Don't don't get worried. Uh, just for anybody who's thinking, I'm not listening to a two hour episode. No, no, no. I'm going to split these up. It's going to be an offensive preview and a defensive preview. So you'll you'll get a nice, meaty, about an hour and 10, hour and 15 episode on each side <laughs> of the ball uh, to get you set with everything that you know. These guys have shared tons of perspective and insight and knowledge on every position and talked about basically every player. So Everything that you need to know. It's going to hit you tomorrow. I guess it's almost tomorrow right now, technically. Uh, it's going to hit you Monday, and you're going to be able to listen and get yourself primed before training camp opens up. So for Denard, for Carrie, for Chris, this is MC. Thanks for rocking with us. Like, subscribe, check out that Fire Zone show. You know we're going to be back at you doing our thing as well. Like and subscribe to that too. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And until next time, y'all be good because we don't do no over.